When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Try Purple Access on for size. Zolgad, Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist, and, of course, executive producer Declan Goff. Purple Access sponsored by our friends at TCL, TCL TV. The football season is here, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you need to be watching games on a TCL, whether that be college or professional, and also by our friends at Surly Brewing. The um, um, the Before I Die beer is out. It will be available at Vikings games at the stadium, and hopefully will prove to be a launching pad for an eventual Lombardi Trophy, because we'd all like to see one before we yeah. die. All right, Chip Scoggins, we've got final cuts. We've got, now, now to be clear, we're recording this at 12.05 on Wednesday, so the, the roster is in flux to a certain degree. Um, your initial thoughts, though, on the moves made by the Vikings' new uh, team of Quasi Dolphamansa and Kevin O'Connell? Well, you asked me at the end of our last week's show who would be my surprise cut. Um, mm-hmm. I did not see Armand Watts uh in that picture i that one surprised me and i wonder judd if he is one of those cases that i think we've talked about that just doesn't fit fit the new scheme i I don't know if that's the case if there's something else going on but that's you know that was going to happen and i'm not saying this is but that was going to happen where guys were either drafted for or brought in as free agents for a different scheme entirely defensive offense and Perhaps through no fault of her own, they don't fit with it. Maybe it's not the, you know, they don't have the uh, measurables that this coaching staff wants for a certain position, whatever. Because um, I don't think it's a situation where Armand Watts can't play. I think he's, you know, he has a chance to be a, you know, a contributing uh, on, a, on a team. Um, so that one, that one was a surprise. I was not surprised with the quarterback uh, that they brought back, neither one of them, uh, or released. Now we'll see if. Uh, Mannion, there was some talk that Mannion might wind up on the practice squad. Why? Yeah. If that happens, like now I will say you need three quarterbacks in your program. You need one always on your practice squad. I think, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think you need three on the 53, but you, you don't want to have just two quarterbacks in your building. So correct. Um, but I don't think that should be John Mannion. I think it could be someone else, whoever, whoever that is. But um, so no, other than the Watts one, I don't think there was any great revelation. Uh, the only revelation was they weren't crazy about Rick Spielman's 2021 draft. Or you know what? And and this is what, what Zimmer told Joe Schmidt before 
last season, I think, in training camp. And it was proven absolutely correct. I think he said, I like the top of our roster to about, what, 25 or 26, and after that, it gets sketchy. And that's exactly, to their credit, what these guys went after. The bottom of that roster... Um, so again, it pro- it proves the disconnect that existed between the GM and coach as far as being on the same page. Well, and, and based on what we saw, Kevin O'Connell and this, and then, and Quasi, uh, agree with the coach. Yes. Cause they gave those, they gave that, that group a long look. Um, it is amazing though, Judd, that a quarterback taken in the third round would get cut by a team after one year. Even if you, even knowing that they didn't draft, the new regime didn't draft them. And how did Spielman whiff so badly on Wyatt Davis? Uh, you know, an offensive guard from Ohio State who's played in big games, I assume he was, must have been, you know, pretty productive at Ohio State, to, you know, but God, these are bad misses. And you wonder. Yes. Um, at what point does that having that many third and fourth round guys not pan out that you moved on for? Does that catch up to you? Yes, hundred percent. Right. Yes, agree completely. I, I mean, when when you have four third round picks, third round, at the very least, th- those guys in in year one should be candidates to be on special teams, and by year two should be pressing people uh, for jobs, and seventy five percent of them get cut. Um. Yeah. I well. Case in point, too, Chaz Surratt. Yeah. North Carolina quarterback converted to linebacker. That, to me, sounds like a pro- a sixth-round project, and they took him thir- third round. And, and, you know, Patrick Jones, the second, the defensive end, or, or now outside linebacker from Pitt, might turn out to be fine. But I'm with you, man. When you have to cut 75% of a four-person third-round class, and then you cut a fourth-round pick? Yeah. That's why you get fired. Yeah, and it's it's uh, and that's why you wonder about their depth, and why yes. Mike Zimmer was concerned about the depth, and uh, he was right. I mean, he, ultimately, he was right on on Mond. Now, could he handle it a little more tactfully? Yes, right. I, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't like the Green Bay response. That was not necessarily fair to, to the young guy. But um, so it. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what – because there will probably be, I'm guessing, a waiver or two guys that they pick up. Um, so the roster is still kind of in flux here for the next couple of days while everybody's sorting through this waiver wire. Yep. Uh, you know, to see what, what position they address. So let, let's talk about uh, two in particular. Um, one is there there is a theme here, and I don't know exactly why – uh, but there's a theme here that started actually with a decision on punter and, and to go with um, Ryan Wright yeah. um, to trim salary cap room. And that yeah. ends for sure with uh, with the decision to cut Watts and, and then make the trade for uh, Blacklock, who plays the same position but is cheaper from the Texans, but has absolutely been a second round basically bust mm-hmm. thus far and is terrible against the run. So I want to start with this one. What do you think they're doing there? Because there is no way they traded for Blacklock to start. No, yeah, I mean, how much more in the salary cap flexibility did they get yesterday? Was it a couple million? Uh, yeah, they cut. Yeah, uh, but it could be for like Sue after week one. Yeah, my guess is they're obviously they're uh, 
they have someone in mind, and my guess is it's a veteran that you sign after week one, so you don't you can pay them week uh, week by week, not the full thing. Um, right. So they, it feels like that was a step to get to another step, right? Um, and I don't know what that is, um, but I don't think even up until the opener, I think that roster will continue to change um, throughout after that first week, and so. Maybe it's just getting more flexibility because they, you know, they they inherited a salary cap, salary cap mess with all the dead money and uh, that was left over for you know some guys, Anthony Barr in particular. So I, some of it's probably just getting some flexibility, but I, I do feel like there's uh, multiple things that they're eyeing right now that they know this roster is going to continue to be tweaked as they go along. How comfortable are you going into Week One at center? Well, Judd, you're going to have a Rookie right guard and a center who's underwhelming. Yeah, against Kenny Clark, and and, and then Philadelphia, and and Ingram might be, you know, he might be an upgrade from what they have, but he's still a rookie, and to think he's not going to have rookie growing pains, that's that's probably unrealistic. Uh, I'm not comfortable at all at center. To be honest with you, I mean, I I don't know what Bradbury has done to earn their basically their trust to where there was not a, a legitimate competition there. I, I don't, and, it, and even O'Connell came as close to Dolgent right during camp at some point saying that, you know, the pass blocking was, I forgot how he phrased it. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what evidence there is that he, that there shouldn't have been a competition there. And you could say, well, that maybe there was with these veterans, there wasn't a competition there. No. No. And what's weird to me is this. They they basically gave a lot of, and probably justifiably so, Rick Spielman's draft classes a, a vote of no confidence on Tuesday. So this is where the Bradbury thing to me strikes me as weird. And I, I got to think that we're missing something here. Like, I got to think that there's another bailout plan in place or something. Because why would you acknowledge as much as they basically did and then and then give Brad, Bradbury a vote? justifiably so of no confidence by not picking up the fifth year option. Yeah. But, but to your point, then go into the season and say, okay, kid, go get him." as far as pass protection goes, which we know he has continued to struggle at through training camp. Yeah. And then you're going to put a rookie right next to him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know I'm baffled by it. And, and again, I, you know, I liked what we've seen from Ingram there in the preseason, but um, it, it's not like you have a, a known high level performer at guard that can help cover up, can help, you know, minimize uh, Bradbury's deficiencies. Um, so it, like to me, that is unquestionably the number one concern, question mark, whatever you want to phrase it going into the season, just that interior starting with the, with the, uh, with Bradbury. Absolutely. Hey, who, who from the draft class uh, now that we're about to start, the year a bunch of guys made it who from the 2022 draft class intrigues you the, the most beyond scene who's not going to yeah. start but clearly is going to be pressing to start i think yeah. fairly quickly yeah i mean same would be the obvious one but to me it's brian osamoa i mean he's the guy that i remember the first day i was out there at a vikings uh, employee say keep an eye on him like they really like him they like he, they, that he's fast and can run and we've seen that we've seen the flashes and he i think he's um, 
you know, he's not going to start, but I won't be surprised if, if Donatel finds a role for him somehow in, in some capacity. Um, I assume they're wanting him to be really good on special teams, obviously. I just think he's a, he's the, the prototypical kind of modern-day linebacker that can run sideline to sidelines side fast, hybrid of a, a safety linebacker. And, and um, so he's a guy that I think has really stood out um, beyond, you know, everybody's looking at seeing the maybe slide in. Through. And then Booth, you know, I know he's been – had some dealing with some injuries, but he, he had a really strong start to camp. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, how much playing time he's going to get right off the bat. Because, I mean, the thing is, is I mean, there's going to be injuries and, and these guys are going to be put, pushed in the action, you know, at some point here. I got to think um, the long-term goal here going into 2023 is for Booth and Dantzler to start outside at cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I'm very curious to see, and it, it's a really hard position, in my opinion, to judge from practice. I'm really interested to see how good Shandon Sullivan is in playing yeah. the nickel because I have no clue at this point. I got to be honest with you, like throughout training camp, I, I got so fixated on uh, the defense line and then the, the corners that the outside guys, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Shandon Sullivan, um, which is probably good because he didn't, you know, he wasn't obviously, you know, struggling or anything. I think he'll be, I don't know. I, I don't know what he'll be fine. Good. You know, I think that's uh, to be determined. Um, you know, I, I was just sitting here thinking in my head too. The other uh, rookie uh, that I'm curious because he flashed, but it's in preseason. You're playing third, but does he have a role? Ty Chandler. Yes. Agreed. Does he get on the field at all? I mean, he'd have to get pretty far down the depth chart. Um, or, but is there a role for him? I th- so I think if if uh, Cook gets hurt, which at some point in time he almost certainly will. Uh, if, if Madison stays and I think he will, um, I, I honestly think that privately Chandler is going to, uh, jump Wongwu on the depth chart. Kane to me strikes me as a, a gimmick type of guy and he's, you know, kickoff returns. My God, he returned too big. So like he's safe. Um, I think Ty Chandler is a much more viable running back though, on a regular basis than Wongwu probably is. Yeah. You know, I have to. Balance it by okay. He was going against third teamers, second, sure. third teamers. So let's you know not get carried away on it. Um, and that's why, you know, there was talk about, and I know uh, the reports that uh, the Vikings were getting a lot of calls on Madison. I would listen to it, and if I got blown away, sure. Agreed. But if you did that and you traded him for whatever, you know, let's say as a late rounder, which is probably realistic, um, and Dalvin sprained his ankle in week one. Would you be comfortable with Ty Chandler being the guy to get the right off the bat? I, I think you need the insurance with with if this team is going to compete now for a playoff spot and right. You could, I think you need the insurance, Judd. Okay, so here's the one thing I don't know yet, I, and it's among the many reasons why I'm so curious. Like ordinarily, with you know Spielman and Mike, it it was like you knew exactly what you were probably going to get. You didn't know if it was going to be successful, but you knew. The formula, right? So where I'm curious is this. Offense and defense. How are guys used? How are positions used? Because yeah. previously, I would say Madison can't go. Um, but, I mean, O'Connell comes from 
a background yeah. of interchangeable running backs. This guy's gone. Oh, okay. We'll put this guy in. Then we'll put this guy in. So I, I guess my curiosity, and it's what's going to me to make the season a lot of fun, is to see how they change the emphasis, not just of the people who play the positions, but the actual positions themselves. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is we got zero Glimpse, zero glimpse of that in the what's less than zero yeah less i mean i you know i'm fascinated because there were no clues one personnel they didn't play and two they're not going to show you anything remotely close to how they're going to employ the personnel so i mean it is um you know we'll, we'll start to get the answers in the uh you know september 11th but yeah i mean if there were that many teams calling on Madison and they didn't make a move, either was everybody lowballing or were they just saying, you know what, let's just cool our heels here and make sure that we're covered at that spot, you know? Yes. With a, with a guy who has a track record before we just start, you know, uh, you know, abandoning the script before the, the season even starts. I heard they were asking for a third-round pick, and my guess is they yeah, were not, not going to get a third-round no. pick. You're not going to get a third for him. It's a fine ask, but I don't think you're going to get a third round pick for well, like that. Yeah, and and you're probably in the situation where, okay, we don't have to do. You know, we don't have. It's not like you're being forced to trade him. It's not like, you know, you need. You know, now he's not coming back after this year, but you'll deal with that. You know, I assume Madison's going to want to be a, get a new deal elsewhere and have a you know more prominent role. But yeah, let's you, start. Deal, you deal with that after the season. You don't. You're not being forced into trading him so um as for the moon if you don't get it then you just sit tight and you, you have your insurance policy to backtrack on bradbury so here, here's my concern um i think that the vikings i think this coaching staff and and uh to a certain degree crazy i think they're reading the room okay on a bunch of things like like i am cu- curious about positions and what they're going to do to change the potential value of those spots with how they scheme and run things offensively and defensively. But to go back on Bradbury, I think my concern is this. I don't think you can get cute there. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that you can say, okay, Kirk, if you get rid of the ball in this amount of time against Kenny Clark, we're fine. Um, To me, that's a bridge too far. That's where I have concern. And look, I mean, Chipper, we see this in all sports now. There's a definite um, feeling of I can, I, as a coach, can outsmart the system. And sometimes you're exactly right. That's when I don't think that you can outgame the system. No, because it's, I mean, it just seems the strength factor, the size factor that is is the deficiency there. And that's why I'm I'm curious of, I mean, let's be honest, how often do players that have been in the league five years change dramatically? Yes, they don't. You sort of of are who you are at that point. Correct. And you may, you know little improvements, but you sort of, this is who you are. Right. And I don't know. I know there's Bradbury got stronger, got a little bit bigger, but is that, um, we saw, we saw some of the same things throughout training camp. Right. And so I, I don't know how they're going to, um, correct that without, I mean, can you scheme that? To help him, can you? That's what I'm saying is I don't know. If you think that you can, I think it ends at a certain point. I think you can scheme a lot of things up. I don't think you can scheme. And and you're right. You've got a rookie to your right, your immediate right side. Now, he might eventually be great. I have no idea. But 
you're playing the Packers week one. That's yeah. an important game. Um, and there is no way that, that you can go to Ed Ingram and say, hey, kid, you're going to have to cover for 56. I mean, that don't work. Yeah, and I, I'm just, I guess I'm just surprised that there, there wasn't a legitimate competition. Because the thing is, is like when you didn't give him the fifth-year option, um, you're basically, that's a vote of no confidence. Or, or you're saying this is an absolute prove-it year, but you have to prove it that, you know, um, that there wasn't a legitimate competition there. Nope. I just, I, I'm surprised by that. Um, again, maybe they have a way to to mitigate it through scheme and what they're asking him to do. I don't know, but it just seems like when he faces, I don't know how you, and you're facing more and more of those big, you know, mountainous, powerful nose tackles in this league that mm-hmm. that the teams realize, uh, you know, getting the pass rush right up the gut is you can disrupt everything because it's so fast to the quarterback. And everybody's looking for that, you know, that pass rushing nose tackle now that's humongous and it just overpowers them. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I'll be, you know, I'm curious to see how, if, if, if they can, if they can help them and, and, and again, mitigate it, but I, I have my doubts. Just think about this as far as strategy and game planning goes now, Chipper. And I love this fact, but it's just, it, but conversely, it's scary. Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter at times are going to line up against interior yeah. Linemen on the opposing team. Like, imagine imagine that Garrett Bradbury looks up and sees that team's Daniil Hunter. Yeah. You're going to, I mean, you need to be a Pro Bowl center to stop that guy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if Donatel was going against this offensive line as an opponent with, you know, with, with what their personnel, he would do the same thing, right? I don't know how many snaps you would see Zadarius Smith and Daniil inside right there, but it would happen. And I bet it would happen you know, quite a bit because as he said, they're going to try to pick out their strongest against your, your weakest link. So I agree. Speaking of competition, Chip Scoggins, I know when it comes to uh, sports, you love competition, but when it comes to beer in the Scoggins <laughs> household, is there a competition for your friends from Surly Brewing? There is no competition. There is no, nothing that stacks up to Surly. Furious up here. Yep. Rank them. Um, who's QB two? Who's the who's quarterback? Who's the quarterback two in that depth chart of Chip Scoggins and the Surly Beers? I think I know where he's going. The bomb. <laughs> it's the bomb. <laughs> it's the logic bomb. We turned him onto it. Now he's addicted. It's great. That's what we say. Hey, can you put a bomb for me in the freezer? <laughs> the bomb. Well, and what's great is the wife loves loves the bomb yeah. too now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, she loves the logic it. Yeah. bomb's part yeah. of her life too. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, there is no competition when it comes to Surly. So you basically got um, in in your fridge. You, you basically have uh, Montana and Young. <laughs> like the bombs, like why am I not number one? And yeah. Furious is like, no, 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 yeah, I'm no, not no, getting no. traded to the Chiefs. I'm number one. You're number two. Yeah, have you heard of the goat? That's me, buddy. The That's goat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Furious. Buzz <laughs> off. Uh, hey. Uh, um, Dex just sent me this report from Tom Pelissero, our friend who used to work with us, obviously 1500 ESPN now of NFL network fame chip. You'll be sad to know the Seahawks are expected to sign veteran quarterback, Sean Mannion to their practice squad. And Kellen Mond earlier today was claimed by the Cleveland Browns. That one surprises me. Um, well, both of them do, uh, you know, I mean, again, uh, Coaches think they can always find the fix, the answer, right? And, and maybe Stefanski can 
Well, so, Adam, I, I don't know. I think that's a Kubiak thing too, because because I think Gary and Clint pushed for Mond to be picked okay. by Rick. Yeah. And and I know that the Kubiaks and Stefanski from their time here are tight. Sure. So sure. my guess is the Kubiaks vouched for Mond and explained that this was all Zim's fault, probably. Yeah. So they're gonna have to find a they're gonna have to find a uh, a quarterback for the practice squad, I would think. Right. I mean, just yes, uh, they have. You're, you are, yeah. Now, you know, you find a young guy and whoever you know. I'm sure there'll be some on the waiver wire that you'll be able to do. But I, I think you want to have you know, I would think at all times three. Two on the active, one on the practice squad, and so we'll see where they go. Um, uh, I'm surprised, you know, Mannion's. I wonder how long he's going to do this before he just says, "I'm going into coaching." Because I think everybody assumes he's going to be an NFL head coach sometime, or or, yeah, or at least a coordinator. Yeah, coordinator. Um, and Cousins, Cousins definitely tried to keep him here. So sure. like Kirk, oh, yeah. Yeah. Kirk definitely tried it, and, and I think that they did talk about a practice squad spot, but he's probably mad now. And and look. I, he was quoted more than once as saying, I've had a really good camp. So in his mind, I guess, he was playing well. I mean, yeah. it's not what I saw, but it doesn't matter what I saw. I guess. Yeah, that one. That's what he saw. If he's going to another team's practice squad, he's mad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's not like he's going to another team's 53. I mean, you're going there to be on the practice squad. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I would have done the same thing the Vikings did. Now let's see who they, they bring in here. Last thing for you. What was the most to you? What was the most pleasant surprise or thing that, that you didn't expect from watching practices and the preseason games? Most pleasant surprise that I didn't expect. Because um, we talked about the bad, but like they're you know, going to be from practices or just preseason? Games? Anything? Nope. Anything. I, I I oh I think uh, blank Daniel Daniel and 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 Zadari Smith just the way they're employing them. Um, yeah. I, I, it's good. One, they look healthy, <laughs> you know, that, that's the number one. But two, uh, just how, particularly Daniil, comfortable he seems with the new things that they're asking him to do stand up, drop, go inside. I mean, this is a guy who's, as he reminded, what's his year eight? So he's, you know, yeah. he's not a young guy. He's, he's been pretty well trained to do one thing and one thing really well. And now it's um, they're asking him to do different things, and he looks pretty doggone comfortable doing. He seems talking to him, invigorated by it. Yep. I think the relationship with Zadarius has been good for him. I think it's I don't want to say Neil's in a shell, but he's been more talkative uh, this camp than I than I can remember. And so I think yes. the person I think Zadarius's personality is rubbing off on him, and I, I assume he's sharing some tips with him that he's been in this system and asking to do so I, I think i'm excited to see those two because i think it could be really if they stay healthy i think it could be really really good and i, I think Zedar- so i think zadarius is so gregarious that it brings out a side of daniel that might have existed in the locker room previously yeah. but definitely didn't outside and it's fun and look i daniel hunter um is a great player and has been for a long time and he's been hurt for two years. And even before that, it started to seem, and, and, and he was still productive. But in 19, it started, it did felt at times like he did, like, like you'd watch him and you're like, how much fun is that guy truly yeah. experiencing? And now, because of Smith, it seems like a ton. But to your point, too, the thing that I am, so like for all we, we, we uh, discuss, Jefferson, who could be unbelievable, the offense, um, I think I'm most excited now to see 
the defense because it's going to be so damn multiple too. And it's going to be different than what we and it's and oh yeah. I mean, you sort of you know Jefferson's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, uh, Dabble he's going to do. You know, Kirk's going to put up good numbers. You know, Thielen's going to catch touchdown passes. There's just such newness <laughs> with the mm-hmm. defense, uh, both in scheme and having guys back and 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 new players. And after being so awful last year, like that's the area, that's the side of the ball that I'm 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 probably most fascinated with. I agree. Completely. All right, Jeff Goggins, we'll talk to you uh, next week and preview week one Vikings Packers. Thanks, man. Can't wait, man. See ya.